Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I'm Apostle Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Thank you for joining us again. I'm so excited about this month because we know this month is Domestic Violence Month, and last week we were able to talk to uh, Prophetess Helen Jones, and she was able to give us a powerful testimony about the things that she had gone through. And tonight I'm excited because uh, for the next 20 or 30 minutes, I have my sister, Elder Brownlee, over uh, the phone tonight, and she's going to talk to us about her experiences with domestic violence. And so thank you, listeners, for joining on. We're glad that you're able to come in and tune in. We know that something will be said that will bless you. And at the end of this uh, conversation, I'm going to make sure that you have her contact information so that if you want prayer or if you just need somebody uh to talk to, you may have experienced the same thing, then you can also talk to her as well. And so thank you again, listeners, for getting on today. Thank you, Elder Bradley, for coming on today. How are you doing this evening? Hello, doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> great, great. You know, <laughs> I'm laughing because we had did this recording one time before and the enemy got yeah. in, so I know that somebody is going to be blessed because of your testimony because it would not go through. So we're just believing God that everything will go through well today. So just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Just quickly, just tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll just go ahead and get started. All right. Well, like I said, my name is Felicia Brownlee and um, your sister, but other than that, I'm, been married as of now, just had an anniversary to uh, Patrick Browning, my wonderful husband. I got three kids, two boys and a girl, Zach, Nayla, and Giovanni, and um, family is the joy of my life. I'm thankful for that. I wasn't always here, but, you know, I went through a lot of stuff, and, and God is restored. I, I'm also a surgical technician, and I work at a hospital here in town. Amen. And also, she is the head praise and worship leader at the church of powerful voice and just things with the oil of God upon our voice. And I believe it's because of the experiences that she's went through, amen, that the oil can be on our life. Uh, there's many people that can sing and have a gift, but there's a difference between singing with a gift and singing with an anointing where you can just feel the power and the presence of the Lord. Amen. And so I believe that's coming from that anointing that is in your life. Amen. So Amen. we just thank God. We just thank God for that on today because we know that God 
he is truly worthy to be praised. Amen. So with that being said, um, I just want you to share with us your experience that you've had with domestic violence. And just give us one incident. And we may go through one or two, but I just want one incident that you can remember about your domestic violence relationship when you experienced it as a teenager growing up. Yeah, so it started in high school, um, a relationship I had got into, and it was it just kind of budded, and it was nice at first, you know, um, but all of a sudden it turned into a, like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyatt situation. I think the the first way it started was it started out with a, a simple choke, and, you know, if, if anybody's been in an abusive relationship, you know, we, we consider some incidents as not as bad as others, so it started out as a choke and an apology. And in, in in a relationship like that, that's usually how it goes. It's, you get the abuse, and then there's an apology, uh, and you go through like that. I remember one of my most traumatic parts uh, that I can remember. No, well, not one of the most traumatic, but one of the worst experiences I had was when I was um, sitting down. We had had a little date time, and then for some reason he snapped and went into a situation where we were sitting together, and I don't know what was going on in his head, but you got to know that when you're dealing with abusive relationships, you're dealing with uh, principalities and spirits that are outside of your, your human nature. And so this right. particular time, uh, I'll call it what it is, that demonic spirit jumped out on me. And I remember sitting, and it was just a calm conversation, and all of a sudden he snapped and he choked me, grabbed me by the neck, choked me, slammed me against a brick wall, and in the process, he began to choke off my air supply. And the whole time I was thinking, oh, my God, he's going to kill me. And before I could even think that, as he was choking me around my neck, I remember him putting his mouth over my nose and mouth and beginning to bite down and clamp down as hard as he could. I could hear my skin tearing off of my nose. And all I could remember, I couldn't breathe, I couldn't talk, but I do remember it within my spirit and my my head, I screamed out, Jesus was on the inside, and that's with no air breath, but on the inside in my spirit, I screamed, Jesus. The instant I screamed out, Jesus, in my spirit, man, that spirit let me go. He let me go and dropped me down to the couch, and I, I remember in the process, I banged my head against the brick wall, and I could hear his, I knew why he dropped me, too. He would not have dropped me had I not called on the name of Jesus, and I just need uh, everybody out there know that if you're going through a situation that is power in the name of Jesus, that if you call on him, whether you are saved or unsaved, that's how you get saved, you call on the name of Jesus. So even in the midst of that situation, if you can do nothing but call the name of Jesus, he's the Savior. And at that moment, I knew God had saved my life because in the process of me trying to make sense of what had just happened, I could hear his voice saying, I was going to kill you, and I wanted to disfigure your face so that you would have to have a closed casket. Now, that is a demonic force that tried to kill me, and that's one of the most uh, the most vivid memories I have, uh, one of the most, most vivid memories I have of uh, my span with domestic violence. Right, and, you know, I was thinking about that, especially um, when you're in those type of relationships. A lot of times, um, when the partner experiences abuse in the relationship, mm-hmm. they also, mm-hmm. the one, the abuser, nine times out of ten, has experienced it in his home or they have experienced it in, in the home. Did he experience it in the home? 
And he did, and I I think that's what kind of drew us together because, you know, sometimes that spirit feeds off of sympathy, and I had sympathy for his story because we just had a horrible childhood. And so, you know, he had went through abuse with his parents and having one parent in the home, and he had went through situations where he was locked up in a room with no food for days at a time and just uh, being abused even by adults at that time. And you know, mentally and physically and sexually he had been through a lot. And so I had sympathy for that, for him as, for that reason. But, you know, all of that came out of him in the form of aggression. Right. I even remember a time where it, you know, sometimes that aggression didn't even come out on me. He had a dog and I remember sitting in the room and the dog had uh, wasted food on the floor or something. And it was almost like I was sitting outside of myself looking at a situation where I felt like it was me because he had got so mad at the dog for wasting the food that he began to beat that dog to the point where that dog was just crying. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was almost like Mm -hmm. a moment of where God was showing me that this is a spirit that you cannot control because even the pet was getting abused. And I knew it was abuse, but I couldn't even – I didn't even know what to say, but it was almost like I was watching myself. through this pet, and I can't explain it, but it, the abuse mm-hmm. is just, it, it just goes throughout uh, throughout everything. That anger just kind of comes out on everything. Right, right. Now, I, I believe you were, how old were you when this started? Well, I was in high school, so I probably was about maybe 17 or 18. I was uh, a year shy of graduating, so it was probably about my 11th, 12th grade year. Okay, so you were a Christian around that time, and I couldn't remember oh, yeah. you because know, it was a while ago. We, we were, were saved when we were little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I had come up were, through the church, you know. Right, right. And, you know, and I think about that sometimes, and I think about some of the things that our mom had to go through and the relationships. And I was joking uh, again with Prophetess Helen Jones last week, and I told her, I said, you know, I think um, you'll either be drawn to two types of relationships uh, if, if you experience abuse in the home or domestic violence. And my thing was when I got in relationships, I, every relationship I got in, I was trying to tell them, if you put a hand on me, then you're going to have another thing coming. Um, mm-hmm. And in your situation, I remember talking to you about it. Um, you just felt like you guys had so much in common, not knowing, you know, these are generational curses, you know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are drawn to uh, what our bloodline has gone through. Mm-hmm. A familiar so spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that's a uh, part of it right there. But what do you believe personally, because I can't answer for you, but what do you believe personally that drew you to um, the relationship with him? Like like you said, just common ground. And, you know, I had low self-esteem at the time, you know, and he was, and I was quiet in high school, you know, I kind of stuck to myself and I kind of noticed that in him, you know, so birds of a feather kind of flock together. So he was quiet, kind of reserved. And so you think, you know, when you're looking for a person, you try to find somebody that's compatible with you. But, you know, the older I am now and the more I've been in God, you know, we realize that that is not how it works. You need to know a person by the spirit before you know them uh, by just your looks, you know. And then Mm -hmm. I didn't, I had the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know anything about, you know, discernment, deeply, deeply discerning something before you get into it. And at that time, you know, I was just had, I wanted love. And anybody in high school, you know, you look at other people with relationships, but you don't know what they're going through in the relationship. 
you just want to be with somebody. You're trying to find out how to belong. You want to be a part of something. And I was always kind of like an outcast person. I never was a person who was in a clique or a club. And so I was just trying to look for somebody that I could identify with to kind of fill the voids I had in my heart from not only stuff I went through as I was um, even in high school, man, we had a lot of stuff we went through as a family, you know, and so I was looking for an outlet to get away from that. And I think he was looking for the same thing, not knowing that this was a, not a godly soul tire, not something that was supposed to come together. But I think it really stemmed from uh, issues of low self-esteem. Right, right. Okay, well, good. I, I, I know a lot of young girls, especially during that high school time, you know, even me just struggling with self-esteem issues and different things like that and wanting to be loved. And because you're going through puberty and going through mm-hmm. all of these emotional uh, situations and, you know, and I did a study, I was in college and I found out that most, you know, guys don't reach puberty to 25 and I think girls mm-hmm. maybe 19 or so. So you're going through all of these changes and you're looking for love at the same time. And so right. uh, that would be a risk factor for you to be in that type of relationship. Now, I know when you were going through it, do you feel like it was more emotional, more physical, or was it both? I think it's both because, you know, in a relationship, you're emotionally connected, you're physically connected, you're just mentally connected. Everything is intertwined. And so the emotional abuse, you know, came with maybe – saying things like you 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 dumb, you can't think straight, or not even saying that directly, just saying stuff like that, insinuating that you're not as smart. And sometimes it would be to the point where he had to play himself as being the smarter one. And in order to do that, people who have been in abusive relationships or any type of dominating relationships knows that one or the other person would try to make you feel like you are not something or your worth is low. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started in that. That's kind of the area it started in. But, you know, if you're used to kind of being talked to like that, or if if you experience that, then you don't you don't see that as abuse. You see that as normal life, and so you don't catch it right off. But then it goes into the yelling and the the arguing and the telling you to shut up. And then that's when it it kind of escalates, you know. And and you know, mm-hmm. if you look at a situation where there's a fight getting ready to happen, it doesn't always start at the top. It starts in the small things of verbal abuse. Somebody will get angry, then they'll clench a fist, and it kind of goes from there. And then the next thing you know, you're in a, a full-on <laughs> fist fight. But usually in an abusive relationship, there's one dominant hand, and the other person is just praying for it to be over with. And that's kind of how it started. And so I, I feel like it's both. I experienced both emotional abuse and physical abuse. I actually think, to me, the emotional abuse is worse because it leaves a scar on you greater uh, than the physical abuse because you got to go down the line and hear God tell you, you know, that you are great, you are somebody, and you have to have, you know, people pour into you and just really get restored. If you get in a fist fight with somebody, even on the street or even in school, you don't think about that fist fight you had when you were in the first grade or the fifth grade. You think, yeah, did I win or lose? But in an abusive relationship, it's different. It's kind of, right. I think the enemy, the enemy uses like a double-edged sword. He's got you mentally and he's got you physically, and he uses both of them at specific times to kind of drag you down to this pit to where you end up in depression, which is where I ended up in a state of depression before it was all over. And I had no sense of self-worth. I think that that was the enemy's plan was just to bring me down to zero. And I think that's his plan for anybody going through domestic abuse, abuse whether it's physical or emotional, 
Nobody should be making you feel like they're bringing you down to zero because we know with God, you know, we're everything with God, and, and, and people are worth something. And so I think that's where the enemy tries to take us, to down to zero, to where you feel like you have nobody because that happened to me through all of it. Uh, I was isolated, and then the enemy really tried to strike his last final blow, but thanks be unto God, you know, he got right. the victory. Right, right, right. Amen, because I believe that emotional abuse is just as worse as physical abuse, you know, because they have to manipulate you, you know, first. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. And they sense and kind of can tell. It's like they're drawn and kind of know the other mm-hmm. the abusive partner is drawn and kind of know uh, what type of person to pick because, they can kind of sense it in them, and I, I, mm-hmm. I really strongly believe that. And so then they get into the stage of where they feel you out, and then they try to manipulate the situation in order to get in a relationship, and then all of mm-hmm. a certain, sudden it turns like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And it's exactly. like, where in the world did this come from? <laughs> Amen. Yes, Amen. yes. I, I think that's why it's important to, for uh, – Young women coming up, you know, even if you're experiencing low self-esteem, don't, you know how um, mom used to tell us, you know, don't let, let, don't show all you can, your cards. Don't let it be seen, everything about you. Like, don't open yourself up completely to a guy all from the beginning because they get the information, and when they get the information, they can use it against you. But sometimes we can be so, so needy and wanting somebody to love us that we just lay all the cards on the table and they're still holding their hand back and they use that against us and I think that happened in my situation as well you know just being so open and ready to uh, fill that void that they use it against you and you know just know that you have self-worth don't let them use it against you just keep it quiet and, and try to find out about that person first you know and be prayerful but you know, and I think that's another way the enemy gets us. Is most women, we lay ourselves bare because we're an emotional mm-hmm. a creature. That's how God made us. But it could also be dangerous because the enemy knows that as well. Right. I was getting ready to say that was an awesome point to pull out because I believe a lot of people need to hear that. So that's an awesome yeah. point. Well, tell me, you know, before we get ready to close out, I want you to just tell me how you really finally got out of that relationship. By a God intervention, it was time. You know, the Bible talks about how God won't put more on you than you can bear. Now, a lot of times we can get ourselves into stuff, which is what happened, but the grace of God was still there to where he was like, enough is enough. And I remember we had went through this, this battle for some years, and, and, you know, it had got pretty bad. And the final night of when this was time to be over, I had been going through, and, and, and mind you, like you said, I was saved. I was in church. I love God. We were going and doing all kinds of things with God. So don't think because you you have a Christian under your name and you love God that this cannot happen. I mean, I'm talking about right. we going to revivals. We were doing all kinds of things in church. We were in the youth choir. I mean, all kinds of stuff. I was living for the Lord, but I had got caught up, and that was the enemy's plan, you know, just to stop me before I get to my destiny. Well, anyway, it had got to the point where the church had prayed for me, and they were really wanting me to get out, and I wouldn't leave, and they helped try to do an intervention. I still didn't want to hear. I even remember the night that, that uh, the church came for me because, you know, there's strength in the church, and I thank God for my church family, but I remember one night they came and tried to, pull me out of it and I refused and I didn't want to go and even when they had came in a van load to come and get me I remember him sitting upstairs with a big machete knife waiting on the church people to come in because he was not going to be witness to and the church didn't know that but that's why I stood outside 
if you go, you you were there, I think, Pastor. Uh, but yes, y'all stood outside. I, I never, there. I never let y'all come up to the apartment <laughs> because I knew he was sitting upstairs like a demon with a machete, ready for anybody to come in and witness. So I said, Noah turned you away. I was probably about. Uh, I would say a couple of weeks after that is when the end of this happened. You know, I ended up moving into a house, and at that time, things got worse. I was in the depression. And to make a long story short, I remember going to church one Sunday, and I was just over it. I was done. I was The abuse was at its maximum capacity because it was no longer just a choke. It was full-on fighting and fist, and that's what the enemy gets it to, to the point where you just have no hope. And I remember going to church and you telling me, you know, once you really want to come out and you pray and you ask God that you can't handle it no more to let you out and, and br- to bring you out, he would do it. And I remember cleaning up my house. I was doing some things and I had already felt in my spirit to set things in order. And I couldn't, can't explain it, but I felt like the end was coming. Uh, you know, sometimes depression will make you feel that way. Well, anyway, I remember cleaning up and all of a sudden he came in and, and uh he started hitting me and beat me for no reason, and I went outside, and I, I sat on a swing across the street from where I live, and I heard your voice say, well, when you're ready to come out, pray and ask God, and he'll bring you out. And I leaned down my head with tears coming down my face on a cold November night, and I said, God, I cannot do this alone. I can't do this anymore. I need your help. Just get me out. Well, I prayed that prayer, and not a couple of nights later, maybe a week later, I remember we got in the worst fight ever. I remember we were just fighting, and and he had the upper hand. It was almost like I couldn't take anymore, so I laid there. And I remember him coming in, fighting me, and he pushed me down on the floor, pinned me down, and I remember him just kept punching me in the face, just kept punching me in the face. And I remember saying that night, this was the night I knew I was going to die, but God had other plans. And I remember him taking my knee, and the whole time I'm laying on the floor, he took my knee, and he bent it, and I could hear my knee cracking. And he put me in the figure four. If anybody knows wrestling out there, you know what that move is. He crossed my leg over and was cracking my knee, and I was crying to the Lord. In my spirit, I said, Lord, I remember the scene from Jesus of Nazareth where he said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And at that time, I remember praying with tears coming down my eyes within my spirit, not saying it out loud. I said, Lord, this is the night I commit my hands, my spirit into your hands. The whole time he was beating me, and all of a sudden, you know, I remember going out of the back of the house and running. And I, after that, he, he beat me, and some other things went on. But I don't know if he left or whatever happened, but at the end of it, I ended up living. That's the testimony part of it. I ended up living after that. We separated. I went to my mom's house, and we started I, I started life over, and I really started a new walk with God. He lifted that depression off of me. And, you know, thank God I made it through by divine intervention, you know. So I just want to say to anybody out there that's going through this, it is possible to be set free. It is possible that you can get out of it, you know. All you have to do is cry and pray unto God, and he will make a way for you to come out when you're ready. And that's the key. And I think a lot of times they say when you're ready. And I think at that time, too, is you got to get somebody that will support you. you got to have that support system as well Amen. because that will help you as well because, you know, once you get ready to get out of that relationship, they, you know, they tell you that statistics, that's the most dangerous time when you decide that you are mm-hmm. going to leave. 
to get you somebody that will pray with you, that will support you, that will be with you through the whole thing, um, and so that will give you the strength. You may can't do it on your own, but you can get somebody um, that will help you as well to encourage you and to be able to get out because you can get out. And I know there's a Amen. lot of people that are listening on the line today, whether you on this podcast, whether you are a male or a female, because males experience domestic Amen. violence and emotional abuse as well. I've heard stories of men where the mm-hmm. women have emotionally abused the, and manipulated the men to do what they wanted them to do, you know, and yeah, so uh, it almost uh, drives them to commit suicide and just don't want to live anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And these are men, and it doesn't mean that they're weak because, you know, that spirit doesn't know. It just knows what it does to manipulate the individual and That's to control right. that person. And so uh, that is a very important point. Well, I thank you so much Hilda Brownlee for just, you know, getting on the uh, podcast today and sharing with everybody your story because, you know, a lot of people, you know, we don't talk about it, but when you know that somebody else is going through what you've been through or what you're going Mm -hmm. through, then you know and see that there is hope out there. And I want to encourage the listeners today that there is hope out there, even for those that have gone through it and you have not, Um, been healed from it because a lot of times, you know, even if you're saved now and you notice sometimes if your partner does something uh, that brings back a memory up that you feel like you Mm -hmm. may need healing from, you know, and God is a healer. He is a deliverer. Get you counseling. Get you a support system. Amen. And that's what I was going to ask you. You know, what, what is the most important thing that you would like to share with those that, you know, may be experiencing domestic violence in a relationship and desire to get out? I, I was sitting here thinking that, and I was—I want you know anybody out there that going that's going through this to know that there is nothing wrong with you. And I'm gonna say that again: there is nothing wrong with you because I remember going throughout that relationship, and even after, I remember being in a depressed state and saying, "What's wrong with me?" You know, and everything that that person said was became true to me because I heard it so much, and I said, "Well." Why am I like this and everybody else is not like this? What's wrong with me that I had to go through this? And even after I came out of the situation, I remember being depressed and asking, why did I have to go through this? Why is my life like this? Why does everybody else can find love so easily and I had to go through all of this pain? And I want somebody out there to know that that if you're going through this now or you have been through this and you're out of it, it's a part of your life story. Don't feel bad about it. God makes everything beautiful in its time. Just know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you, that God made you with a purpose. And if you have gone through this, this is only going to make you better on the other side. And I just pray that God help you come out of it because your life will be totally different if you make a decision to come out of it and not say to know that God created you and he does not make mistakes. That was what I thought. I was a mistake, that I wasn't worthy to be alive, that this is all I deserve. I want you to know that no matter what you've done in your life, you deserve the best that God has for you. Because he says, beloved, I wish above all that you would prosper and be in good health as even as your soul prospers. And if you're stuck in an abusive relationship, your soul cannot prosper in the way that God wants it to. And so I just pray today that God will let you see the beauty in who you are, whether you're a male or female, and to not hear the lie that says you are not worthy to be loved in, in a godly way. So just know that you are not a mistake. 
that uh, depression doesn't last always, that once you make the decision, God can help you get out, and that there is nothing wrong with you. Amen. And with that being said, would you just pray for the listeners on the line, those that may be experiencing this? Absolutely. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you this night, oh God. Anybody that hears this broadcast, God, was meant to hear it, God. You know that what they're going through, oh God, is in your hands, Lord. We thank you now for giving them strength, oh God, to overcome, strength to say say no, strength to get out, God. For we know, God, that your strength is made perfect in every weakness, oh God. So though they feel like they may be weak right now, God, we thank you for the day that you're going to make a way of escape for them. God, a way for them to be free, God, a way for them to to have a voice outside of the voice that says they are nobody, that says they should remain in abuse, God. But I thank you now for making a way out of nowhere, God. Look over those who have experienced domestic violence in the past, and they are now free, God. Now, we break the curse that is over their lives that has tried to linger Mm -hmm. in their lives to say that they are not worth anything, that they have low self-esteem. But, God, we know that you have made them beautiful. We know that you have created them in your image, God. So we thank you for even beginning to open their eyes to a new light on who they really are. Begin to stop the identity crisis that they may have from past relationships, whether they be abusive or whether they be just bad relationships altogether, God. We thank you, O oh God, for renewing them and restoring them, O oh God, and allowing them to see that they are the person that you created them to be, which is someone who is beautiful, who is powerful, and who is full of your glory, O oh God. And those who are, may not be saved right now, God, we ask, oh, God, that you would bring their life unto salvation, oh, God. But mm-hmm. we know that your word declares in John 3, 16, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life, God. Look over those who may be in an abusive relationship or who have been in the past and they are ready to accept you. Let them pray that prayer, God, so that they would be saved, oh, God, and they would be with you in the end of time, God. We give you praise. Cover them in the blood, God. Let their life continue yes. long upon the land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you again amen. for that prayer. Thank you again for sharing your testimony. And I know that, you know, sometimes when we share our testimonies, we don't know who it will help, but I know that it's going to help many people from your story. And for those that are listening on the line, if you know somebody that's going through a domestic violence situation, you can always try to get them help. And you can call the domestic violence hotline, the national hotline, and it's anonymous. Um, And if you're in danger, call 911 immediately. But if you just want to talk to someone that is not close to you, but you want to stretch out to somebody and reach out to them and talk, you can always call the domestic hotline. And that number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that's 1-800-799-7233. 7233. And there is always someone there that can lead you in the direction that you need to go. If you need to get a shelter in your local community, they can direct you to that shelter that you need to go to. But get help and and get somebody that will rally behind you and support you. And with that being said, Ella Felicia Brownlee, could you give us your email so that if anybody want to contact you or just encourage you or let you know that, you know, what you have said today has blessed them, if you could give us your email and contact. Hey, man, Dr. Watkins, and I want to also say thank you for having me on uh, to give share my testimony. A lot of times my voice goes unheard, and, it, and sometimes it brings stuff back up in us, but I want to thank you for opening this conversation up to help uh, those who are hurting and in need. 
Thank you, and I was honored to be a part of this. My email that you can reach me at, reach out to me at is fifi2000 at hotmail.com. Again, that's F-E-E, F-E-E 2000 at hotmail.com, fifi2000 at hotmail.com. Thank you so much, and I know that even through sharing your experiences and being open with other people that it's going to help somebody else. You know, when I had to go through with my um, book and talking about sexual abuse and going through all that, sometimes it would open back up some of the things that I experienced at that time. But Mm -hmm. I know that even in going through that, I was able to help a lot of people. And so I know that many, many people are going to be touched by your testimony. And I just appreciate you for just being able to come on and share with the people. And so, so we thank you, all the listeners that have come on the Tasty Tidbits today, and we just look forward to being back with you guys again next week. We have another person that's coming on next week that will begin to talk about her experience in domestic violence as well. So we ask that you continue to tune in, and then we will be closing out this Domestic Violence Month where I have a doctor that will be coming in, and he will be answering any questions that we have. He will talk to us and, and just talk to us especially about abuse even while they're in the church, while partners are in the church and different things and how to get out. And so we hope you'll be back on to listen again. And with that being said, we look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Have a great and wonderful evening. God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.